ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Branham. It's Brian McDonald behind the glass. It is a Taco Tuesday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I invented Taco Tuesday, Brian. I don't know if you are aware of that. Wait, you're taking credit for Taco Tuesday? Oh, yeah. I knew that was coming. Okay. Why wouldn't I take credit for Taco Tuesday? Please make the case. I I invented it. I said, today's Taco Tuesday. We have tacos on Tuesday, and that's what we do. Uh, I'm in a good mood. You should be. Big basketball game yesterday. I'm excited for that. There's a little flare in my headphone. Mine too, and my right ear is not working. Is it yours as well? Yeah. Yeah, a little flare in my headphone. A little flare in my headphone. Um... Lots to get to today. Uh, Rockets are going to start the, what do we call it? Not the second half. Post-All-Star final break? stretch. Yeah, the like final that. push. Let's go with that. Final right. push. They start the final push coming up uh, Thursday. And there's some things you got to do with the Rockets that we'll discuss. Mock drafts are making those great, great again. Uh, it is a cash it or trash it Tuesday. We have some cash We have some trash We'll dive into the Cougars stuff a little bit later, too. Uh, they deserve it. Uh, so does Jamal Shedd. Uh, Brian thinks that Mike Evans, I'm just reading the show tweet here. You know how we do the, mm-hmm. the producer will put together the non-talent. will put together this little show preview tweet and, you know, we, we talk about it. These are the things we're talking about today, blah, 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 blah. It, the first bullet point says Mike Evans to the Texans is a no brainer. Why is that a no-brainer? I don't think it's a no-brainer. Are you speaking for us, Brian McDonald? I, I'm speaking for a topic on the show. You can obviously disagree with my opinion on that. In my opinion, no it, brainer. Is, it, it is a no-brainer. <laughs> and you can go with that, uh, you go with that where, you, you, where, I see, where uh, you would like, but I just think it makes a whole lot of sense for both Mike Evans and for the, and for the Houston Texans. You know, financially, how does that make sense? If he's, gonna, if he's looking at upwards of 25 to 27 mil a year, well, certainly you can get priced out, and, and that and that would be something that you'll have to find out once you know you can actually negotiate with them. But the Texans, if if they want to, they have the money to pay him. It's just a question of if they want to pay whatever it takes to get Mike Evans. But they certainly have the salary cap space to do so. And I just think from a team construction standpoint, because we saw how desperately the Texans got for playmakers at wide receiver once one injury hit them when Tank Dell let go Cougs went out for the season. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it'd be, it'd be both beneficial to the Texans for C.J. Stroud to get a third playmaker and have some more depth if another injury hits them. And I think it makes a lot of sense for, for Mike Evans. You know, he's from here. Uh, I, I, it, I think, like, there's an article that we're going to talk about in this segment, lists five contenders to sign Mike Evans. And when you go down the list, I think C.J. Stroud is one of the, you know, the best three quarterbacks on the list. And you have places like Kansas City where, you know, if he wins, great, he gets a title, but he doesn't get any of the credit. He could go to Cincinnati. That's another team on this list, but you're behind Jamar Chase. I just think there's a lot of things converging together where he's both the star that he wants to be, he could get paid the amount that he wants to be, and he could have the team success. I think it makes a lot of sense. Those are a lot of really good points, but I want to get back to the show preview here for a second, Brian. <laughs> you're, it you're says really the Killer Bees with Pac-Man Joel and, and Jeremy Branham. I don't see sacked by BMAC anywhere, which is a problem. Start start including your Twitter okay. handle on oh, the show preview. I can preview. do that. I can mm-hmm. do that. But you're, you, we, we're the only two Twitter handles, and you're saying Mike Evans to the Look, Texas is a, a no-brainer. There's, there's a character limit. There's a character limit. I can only fit so many th- things on there. What's the opposite of a no-brainer? 
A brainer or a non-no-brainer? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> what is the opposite of a, a no-brainer? Brain fart? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. That it's might a brain be brain fart. It. That could that could very well be it. Now, I think that's where the conversation's at because Brian, with all the points you line up, are really good ones. I like Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is really good. Uh, some people would tell you that he's washed. I don't think he's washed. I think he still he has plenty left in the tank. Ever yeah. last year. Yeah, that's what Baker Mayfield. Baker, yeah. Which I think Baker's like. I think Baker's okay. Uh, I, I think Baker's fine. Like I think he's, he's kind of resurrected his top career 20? in a lot of ways. Where would you put him? Top twenty. 25. Okay. Top 20, top 25. Kind of splitting hairs there. And C.J. Stroud's top five. So, like, he would be improving at the quarterback position, whether he's top 20, whether he's top 25. So, like, we agree on a lot of things whenever we're talking about Mike Evans. Really good player. I I do think it's critical to add to that wide receiver room. I would probably go about it a little bit differently. I think that the conversation and the talking point here is what Brian mentioned. You can get priced out. So, like, what is the price figure? I think that's what it comes down to with Mike Evans. Because Mike Evans is going to sign at a $10 million AAV. Yeah, I want the Houston Texans to be in the Mike Evans business. If it's $27 million a year, okay, I'm out of the Mike Evans business. I think that's where the conversation has to be had. Uh, we like him as a player. We think he would help the Houston Texans. We know he's from Galveston. Uh, made Johnny Manziel in College Station. Shots fired Johnny Manziel. No, so like perfectly accurate. It's <laughs> really accurate. It's very accurate. So we're, we're very much on the same page. So where is the talking point when discussing Mike Evans to the Texans? I think it's the price tag. No doubt. I think it's how much he gets paid. I'd be he, comfortable with 20. I don't know what you guys would be comfortable with. It's a little high for me. Now... What's interesting, Blankers, is the uh, the salary cap apparently is going to go up like $8 million more than what people expected. So like now you're turning $57.5 million into cap space into $63.5 million into cap space. So even Evans getting 20, $22 isn't going to take as big a piece of the pie. Yeah, and you got, Jeremy, you know me better than anybody in the fact that I always say it's the return on the investment. What is it going to cost? Like what, you know, what are you going to get and how much do you have to pay? 27 is just through the roof way too much. And, and, and I scoffed when I heard the highway to hell yesterday talking about, well, if they sign Mike Evans, it means they're in business. That means they're probably going to get a big time running back too. And I'm going, are you just completely putting blinders on to all you have to resign of your own and or bring in if you're going to replace them and the money it's going to take to do that along with the draft picks? Because like you, I understand they have like the fourth most cap space. But you have to still be logical and intelligent with how you spend that. And if Mike Evans has said he's not early on in the, when when we were in the playoffs, there was rumors that he had said he's not giving anybody a discount. He's looking to get that kind of big time wide receiver money. Still, that scares me because you have to either figure out Gernard or a replacement for Gernard, and, and you know he's in the twenty million dollar a year range. You've got plenty of other guys, like I said, whether it's Schultz or Rankins. Or the guys that you have that you think, or Stevie Nelson, or Singletary, guys you're thinking about bringing back have a have a cost associated with them too. That's not giving anybody any bargains for the most part. So there's a lot of guys to to like take into consideration. And I don't know with the receivers you already have that that would be a priority to get another big receiver as opposed to getting other positions around the field that make you a better team. The Texans have more free agents than anybody in the NFL. Is that right? Yes. They have more free agents than anybody in the NFL. We've went through the two deep, and like we think that the Texans need to add 10-ish starting caliber players. And you can do some of that in the draft. Now, I don't think it's fair to say that whoever you're drafting in the third rounder should be a day one starter. I think it's fair with a first rounder. I think it's fair with a second rounder. And if you want to say another starter with the rest of the draft, 
Okay, I'll be conservative. I'll give you that. I'll concede that point. That's three. That's three players. You're looking at three, three and a half million dollars for the rookie class. Now, the salary boost does help you in the salary cap. Like that, That's pretty significant. That's eight million dollars you didn't think you were going to have. So, like, that's a big deal. Uh, the restructures, like Casario needs to get busy with his capologist and restructure some deals. Robert Woods is a cap casualty, in my opinion. You can save five million. Uh, Jimmy Ward, you can cut four million. I think that's a cap casualty because I really don't think they're starting caliber players. Uh, although I know Jimmy Ward would start games whenever he was healthy, uh, not very often. So that's seven more starters for roughly $60 million. Let's go $60 million and a good I round think, number. I, mean, I think I think what Casario has shown with his ability to put together you know, starting mm-hmm. starting lineups with the veterans he's got in on one- and two-year deals certainly would indicate to me that he could fit that amount of starters with that amount of salary. I think space. that what you're going to have to decide is – do you want to spend? You said twenty. Do you want to spend twenty on Evans? Now you're looking at forty million in cap space to spend on six more starters. So that's roughly eight million million dollars yeah. a year on I'd everybody be very else. With that, I don't think I'm there. I, I think I don't think I want to go to twenty. Was on the high end of their one year, two year type guys, and he was mm-hmm. like right at I think nine million per year right. over the one year. And he's deal a, that he's, he got. A, he's a starter, right? Like so, he's a starter. So I think I mean you're talking nine million there, eight million here. I think you're within the range of being able to get quality starters on short contracts. See, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I think if they're going to make a splash in free agency, I think the running back makes more sense because you can get an impact player like a Mike Evans. But you get it at the running back at a cheaper price. If it's a Saquon, he's probably hovering around 10 to 12. Right. And and you still have plenty of money. And especially if you get rid of Woods and there's five of it right there, you can do some things. You can even look at restructuring some contracts. I think the three biggest contracts are Howard and uh, Tunsil. And I forget who the third one is. But you can get get creative. I wouldn't expect Tunsil to give money back. Maybe not, but you know what? He knows what he's seen. He's now seeing the future, and this team is going somewhere. And maybe he's got you know he's not losing any of that money. And if it helps the team get better players, so they become even better next year, I, I think that a lot of guys obviously sign up for that because they either get the money sooner or they sure. get it so that to make sure that they still get it. And we've seen a team like the Saints a couple of years ago where they were like some ungodly thirty-two million over, mm-hmm. and by the time free agency started, they were competing for other players. It's gonna. I don't think I would go over twenty million. For, for Evans. Like, I wouldn't either. You, and where you're weak at, like, I don't think the Texans are weak at receiver. And no. I know that those, those guys, like, had injuries. And I think that, you know, that's something that you do have to account for. But I also think that Nick Casario is pretty good at drafting receivers. So if you draft another third-round receiver, that's pretty good. Not to say he's going to be Tank Dell in year one. That's a pretty talented group. And I like spending that money on defense for D'Amico Ryans. Uh, I think that you have holes to fill, whether it's linebacker, whether it's another safety. Uh, what about a corner? What about another defensive end? Like We even haven't talking about the John Grenard aspect of this. If you're giving Evans $20 million, does that take you out of the John Grenard game at $17 million? Probably. Because now, if you go from Evans twenty million, you're down to forty for what do we say eight or nine, uh, seven uh, or six, six different starters. Then you give John Grenard another twenty million. Now you're down to twenty, and you still have to fill five other positions. So I think the, the Texans are going to have one high dollar free agent acquisition, and it could be John Grenard. Could be a franchise tag on John Grenard. Maybe you let John Grenard walk and you play the veteran defensive end game opposite of Will Anderson. I think the Texans have one big swing. And you you could convince me, too, that you don't need to do the one big swing. If you just want to spread it out and have a really good, deep, solid football team, I'm okay with that. I think that that's what wins in the NFL is depth and then obviously being really good at quarterback. Um, So, like, that route would be fine for me. But I think they have one 
at most, big free agent spend. And I wouldn't even count running back there. Like, if you can get a running back for less than $10 million, I wouldn't call that a big swing. No, no, I think Saquon's the, probably the one that's going to push over ten, and I think that Josh Jacobs might hover right around it. I don't think Derrick Henry, Henry's getting anything like that. I don't think Eckler's getting ten, And so I think that you can compete and you can – but I think the biggest thing to me is get creative because I think that they can replace John Grenard and they don't have to – Immediately, people's minds go to, well, either sign Grenard for whatever he wants or go out and spend about the same amount to get his replacement. I don't think you have to do that. I no, think because Jeremy mentioned like uh, Nick Casario's ability to draft wide receivers and find wide receivers in the third round, obviously Nico and Tank. He did the same thing with pass rushers. Look at Nick Barnett last year. That, I mean, that came out of nowhere and was a, was a very valuable pass rusher for the Houston Texans. Yeah, no, so that's what I'm saying. I, I think Derek you, Barnett, sorry. You, you get creative with your money. And you use it in such a way that you can replace all the starters you need to ha- to replace. But there's a way to do that and still get better. And the draft is obviously the first place you start. But Casario is also found from the Fighting Rex Burkheads to taking a step up to finding the Stevie Nelsons and the Sheldon Rankins and the Dalton Schultzes of the world that made you better. That there are other guys every single year that are just like that waiting to be the next guy if you can't resign the guys that have played well for you. And that's where you got to be smart. I don't want to see any one guy get more than $20 million with what they're faced with right now. That being Mike Evans, John Grenard, or guys like that, because I think that you still have enough holes to fill and ways to get better that I don't I don't really like the idea of them overspending. Yeah. See, Tunsil, Tunsil did restructure the deal. Like, restructure, you're not taking, you're not giving money back. Right. It's just like more guarantees and all of that stuff. Uh, so I think he'd be willing to do business there, especially if you're giving him money up front. I think he'd be really uh, pleased with that. So I don't want to go over 20. Brian, you said you're, you're yeah, good I'd with be, 20. I'd be comfortable at 20, and for what it's worth, his market value estimation on Spot Rack is 23. So yeah, we're, 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 we're within the ballpark. Is it Spot Track or Spot Track? I don't know. I, I, call I go it back and forth on that. But I'm not good at pronunciation. Potato, potato. The, but they also have John Grenard like at 13. So it's like, okay, they how, did, how yeah. accurate are they? So what's your figure, Blinkers? My figure for Mike Evans? Yeah, what's your number? Um, I think to be fair to Mike Evans and what I think he's worth and what he, he's wanting to get – I think it's another one of those $20 million threshold numbers. I think you're hovering around 20, and that's what he's looking for. If you feel, and again, I, I think from a Texans perspective, I would go lower than that because I don't think they, the need is that great. It's, it's more of the luxury of adding a Mike Evans and knowing you already got two really good receivers. You could get so much better, but just like we were talking about, I think there are other receivers that, that are a lot cheaper that make that receiver room better overall, yep. and you have two guys on the roster that can do a lot of the things Mike Evans does, especially because Nico's a big receiver. And, and you spread it out. like yep. You spread it out over the uh, the rest of the team. Now, I do think that the Texans are a good situation for Mike Evans, and I think that Mike Evans could be a good situation for the Texans, but the money has to make sense, and the sense has to make money. Is that how the saying goes? I don't think that's I how it goes. I thought you made that yourself. That was pretty good. No, nah, there's a saying. I don't think, I think I've screwed it up. 713-780-ESPN, the HRMP listener line. 713-780-3776. Ron Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. That's where all the bums are. Uh, if you're a professional, you can go to ESPN Houston on YouTube. I'm kidding. Uh, he's at Pac Manjul on Twitter. Brian's at Sacked by BMAC. I'm at Jeremy Branham. When we come back, uh, the Texans have eight dudes on the... Top 150 free agent list. Obviously, there's some bad to that, right? But I, I'm optimistic. I'm always glass half full. Why there's optimism there? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. 
Guys, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the newest, latest, and greatest golf establishment that I found. It's called X Golf. It's in Katy. It's at 99 at I-10. It's absolutely fantastic. It is eight of the best golf simulators I've ever seen or been on. And I'm telling you right now, unlike the other simulators where it's really tough to get chipping and putting and the putting is always jacked up and it's a really weird concept, this is literally hitting your putter on a green and reading greens and hitting putts like you would at a golf course. Same thing with chipping. It's the feel and everything of all your chip shots to get you better. Even when the weather isn't good outside or maybe you want to practice at night, it's like a, the best sports bar you've ever been at with all the great TVs and all the, the, the fine refreshments. And then you add the eight golf simulators to it, and you realize this is where parties happen. This is where good things can take place. You can have birthday parties. You can have office get-togethers. It's absolutely fantastic. You can play 50 different courses from around the world. You can do a driving range. But the best thing is because of these simulators, it can track the spin and the distance of every shot, and you can actually work on your game. They also have lessons and fittings available. But it's just the greatest new place that I've found, especially when the the weather isn't conducive, whether it be darkness or rain. Check them out today. We're going to be there Friday. You can stop in and see us. But go check it out online. Check out X Golf right now. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham, 713-780-ESPN. Get to the Texans free agents, that a bunch of them on the top 150 list. There's obviously bad news to that because you got to fill them, but there's good news to it first, uh, good news to it as well. But first, let's go out to the HRP listener line. Andy, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Andy? Hey, guys. Hey, you know, you should get on these uh, texts and social media sites. You've got people thinking that we can get Chris Jones and Mike Evans uh, and, and all kind of players. Well, people don't understand this. We've got to sign some free agents that's going to cost us some money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me, let me rip off these guys and tell me these guys that you, you guys want back. You want Cashman back? I, I actually do at the right price. Same. That's going to be five, about $5 million a year. Yep. yep. We know. How about Perryman? No. No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good with him going. Singletary? Yes, at the right price. Same. That's about $5 mil. Yeah. Schultz? Uh, no, not really. I think you can find another one cheaper. Well, the only reason I want him back is because because he was there for CJ last year. And Stroud I, loves I him, the, to your uh, point. Yes, Stroud, Stroud talks up Schultz. So, like, you're, you're on to that. Like, you, Stroud loves that guy. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah, the I thing. Know, that's, Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big reason why. He's going to cost you 9 to $10 million a year on a multi-deal. And then you got – you want Nelson back? No. Uh, no, no. He's no. A, you know what they're – Sport Track has him at $10 million a year. At his age? No way. He's, yeah, he's looking for a three-year deal upwards of 10 per. Yep. Yeah. I. You know, so it's uh, – those are really some of the bigger – and then Grenard. What do you – Grenard, they've got him making $15 million a year. I'm out. I'm out, too. Yeah, he doesn't play through grade one really? ankle sprains. Yeah, well, I tell you, uh, yeah, I think – I'm. 
you got you got to replace Grenard, though. Who are you going to replace him with? You, you're going to have to get it through the free eight. You're going to have to go get it through the draft. Khalil Mack. Else that has- All right, Andy. We appreciate the call. Thanks, Andy. Uh, yeah, you're you're not. You, Andy's going to drive the show if we let him along. <laughs> I really thought he, had is, a, yeah. I thought he had a read next segment. This is my ship now, is what Andy was telling the killer bees. Appreciate <laughs> I, the call, I was excited Andy. to we get do. a new really pronunciation do. for that website. Sport Track. Sport I might just Sport ride track. with it. Appreciate the call, Andy. But Andy brings up the really good points, like uh, this texture right now. And we, we talk about this, too. Like, 5895, five, I missed it. Can you list all the starters to fill again? And also, I did, like, a little experiment on Twitter. I was just asking people, like, do you want this guy at this price? Do you want this guy at this price? Do you want this guy at this price? And then if you just take the polls and they all say yes, you're like $100 million over the cap. So there is a, like, you have the, you know, the fan point of view. Just give me everybody. Well, you can't do that because, like Andy's point, you're going to be $100 million over the cap. Here's what I have starters that you have to fill with players that aren't currently on the roster. Running back one, Singletary's a free agent, if he even is a running back one. Now, running back two is not a starter, but I would say it's pretty critical. I won't count that one, though. Tight end. You need a tight end. Dalton Schultz is not under contract. Depending on where you're at with Kenyon Green, you might need a left Maybe. guard. Like it, that, That's a question that you have to ask yourself. I don't want to go into next offseason with Scruggs, Kenyon Green, and Jarrett Patterson. I want another interior offensive lineman. So I'm going to count it because it's my list. So that's three. Defensive ends, another one, four. You need a defensive tackle opposite of Collins, that's five. You need another linebacker outside of Harris, that's six. If you're going to play a 4-3... Then you need another linebacker. If you're not going to play a 4-3 and you're going to go play nickel, then you need a nickel. There's seven. You need a corner that's opposite of Derek Stingley. There's eight. And I don't think that Jimmy Ward is a free is a, uh, is a starter. There's nine. And I didn't mention wide receiver three, which I consider a starter. That's ten guys right there. That's ten. That's ten guys that you currently don't have an answer for, unless you're counting Jimmy Ward. I'm not. Unless you're counting Kenyon Green. I'm not. And, and if, even, even if you do, okay, well, there's eight. There's you, eight. And we're not counting special teams. Uh, I didn't, but you can right. kicker punter. They you got to resign Kaimi, or, or, or maybe or not, make, or make a decision because Kaimi Fairbairn made over the league average sure, kicker. Oh boy, he got so paid, if you're yeah. looking to save a million bucks, maybe you sign a journeyman free agent. Which I don't love the sound of that because that happened last year with Matt Amendola. Now it's different when you're in season versus when you're in the off season. But I thought the special teams were good. I would like Fairbairn back. I'd like Cam Johnston back. You already brought back the legend John Weeks, which thank goodness you, you can't let him get leave. You got you got to keep him in the fold. No, yeah, he's he's the next next to Andre that you have to protect and make sure that you know that he is anointed yep. to wherever he's going. Um, no, no I, I, look, when you look at the amount of starters that you got that you have to take care of in house or got to go replace if you can't keep them in house, there's just so much that's challenging with with the cap and with the numbers and and the, the balancing act. That's why I just think it's outlandish to Andy's point. When you get all these people on all these websites that say, oh, you can go sign Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley, and then you can go out and get yourself at least another corner mm-hmm. or a pass rush. No, you really can't. And that's why that's why ultimately, like circling back to Evans, I'm probably out on Mike Evans at $20 million because uh, I think I can draft a wide receiver three in the third. Also, like, does player development matter? Because, like, player development's how teams are good. Uh Xavier Hutchinson didn't play a ton. I liked what I saw from Xavier Hutchinson. John Mechie, later in the year, started to look a little bit like John Mechie as opposed to the first half of the year. So does player development matter? Like Those guys should be able to elevate that wide receiver room too. Uh, I like the idea of drafting a rookie receiver, and I like the idea of signing a veteran kind of uh, bounce-back candidate. I, Curtis Samuel is the name that I point yep. to. Like I think you can get him on a pretty favorable deal, and I would be comfortable with him competing with a third-round rookie for that third receiver spot. And if they both turn out to be good, cool. Cool. No, absolutely. And I think there's plenty of guys like that. I think Noah Fant's a guy that could easily replace 
uh, Dalton Schultz at tight end and save you about four, four and a half million dollars a year right there alone. And we don't know because of the quarterbacks and the teams that he's had to play with previously, but he's young and he still seems to have plenty left in the tank to where you could do that as well. I think Stevie Nelson's a guy. You can find another corner that's younger that isn't going to be, you know, looking for the bag that could replace Stevie Nelson. If that's or you could choose in some of the mock drafts we've done, yeah. you're going to have to maybe they choose to go with a corner in the draft. And again, balancing your funds. Who's going to cost you the most free agency versus the draft? It'll be hard to get a younger Steven Nelson for cheaper, though. Like, if you get in the Steven Nelson caliber corner who's younger, he's going to be more expensive than Steven it Nelson. It depends. I think, like, the first three corners are probably going to get the real major money. But I think there are other corners to be had that take it down a pretty... I right. Think but tier I mean, two is a pretty good step if, back. If Steven Nelson, let's just put him on a scale of one to ten, if he's a six and there's another corner who's a six, but he's six years younger... That guy's going to get more money. Yeah, well, six for sure. Yeah, but I think that you could, you know, you you could get into that three to five year category where you could get a younger guy. But honestly, I think they're probably going to draft a corner. Yeah, I, I do too. I think it very well could be at number twenty three, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. So here's my positive spin on the eight Texans that are on the the athletics the the athletics top one hundred free agents top one hundred and fifty. This I kind of relate this to whenever you have hot shot coordinators that everybody else wants. Whenever you're a college football team and like somebody else that's a bigger program wants your coach. You don't want that to happen, but it means that good things are happening. Like how many free agents were on the top 150 list last year for the Texans? Probably not very many. So when you're winning, these are kind of byproducts of winning. Same thing with Bobby Slowick. Like he's a coveted offensive coordinator, ultimately didn't take a head coaching job. Probably going to be doing the whole thing again next year. Do you want the alternative where nobody wants your guy? Absolutely not. You were, you, these are the sacrifices that you have to make in order to win. It's the same thing. If the Houston Texans start building this like winning organization where every year they're winning the AFC South, they're a playoff caliber team every single year, we as a football city have to get used to you're going to lose really good sure. players every single year, but that's a byproduct of winning. Yeah, that's a positive. It's tough because in a lot of cases, they're going to be guys that probably played above the norm or their average for you. But at the same time, you have to also understand that the market's going to dictate that a lot of guys are going to want to play for you as well because it's a positive environment. There's a chance to succeed. There's a lot of good players around you, which in a lot of cases can help to elevate what you do. So I think that the good news is it's becoming more of a destination for, for players that want to get into a winning situation as well as get paid. And I think that the byproduct from all that success is for sure that guys are going to walk out the door and, and teams are going to throw extra money at them because of the success that they've had in this building and with this team. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. We've talked about John Gernard as a potential franchise tag candidate. What about Dalton Schultz as a franchise tag? 713-780-ESPN, the HRMP listener line, Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5. ESPN 92.5. I like a good drink at the end of the day. Vodka, great. Gin, good. Bourbon, fantastic. They're all on the rotation for me, and Gentle Ben Spirits does it better than anybody else. How? Well, they're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you will ever taste. Purification of Gentle Ben is un. Rivaled. You'll love what's not in Gentle Ben, which includes gluten. Yeah, there's no gluten in Gentle Ben, but Gentle Ben isn't going to brag about that one. 
all spirits are naturally gluten-free. Try a sip of Gentle Bend Vodka, the gin, straight bourbon, cast-strength bourbon. Compare it to what you drink. You will never go back. I've been a Gentle Bend man ever since I had that first sip because you get all the flavor, none of the burn. Try a sip. I think you'll never go back either. It is smooth. It is clean. eliminates the burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. You can find Gentle Bend at the Toyota Center. Going to a Rockets game, going to a concert. Well, stop by Ben's Bar inside the Toyota Center. Get some Gentle Bend today. Look forward to the liquor store. Ask for it at your favorite restaurant, your favorite bar. Head to the Gentle Bend Tasting Room. And you can order straight off, straight from the website, too. Go to GentleBend.com. Learn their incredible story, uh, the fantastic legacy that they have at Gentle Ben. But also you can order straight from the website, the vodka, the gin, the bourbon, the whiskey. Add it to your cart. They'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. It's fantastic. GentleBend.com. GentleBend, the secret ingredient, is what's not in it. Time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. We've made listening and watching your favorite sports radio station even easier. We're officially streaming on the ESPN Houston YouTube channel every single day. Now you can easily listen and watch anywhere and everywhere. If you listen every day and like us, clicking our YouTube subscribe button makes a difference. So make sure you pound that subscribe. Is that how they do it on the YouTube uh, let us know you're listening. What is it like? It's like it and pound that smash. Subscri- smash. I, smash yeah. I would say I hammered, but I did it yesterday. I'm like, smash. You think, would that kill your voice if you tried no, to hit the hammer? No, the hammer actually is easy on my voice. The the Colonel McLean is not easy on the voice. Subscribe if you've not already done so. And remember, viewers, smash that like button. Smash it. The emphasis really matters. Uh, 713-780-ESPN-HRMP. Listener line. Uh, 9-7-2-3, I think Houston can replace tight end, wide receiver, and cornerback all in the first three rounds of the draft. I think that's dangerous to go into the draft with that mindset. Maybe two of the three? Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's a whole lot of tight ends that are ready to start day one in this Sam draft. Laporta is ruining this for everybody. Probably. Most tight ends are not. Like, George and last Kill- year's draft in general. Like, last year's draft in general was super tight end heavy. And the one that's a slam dunk that's going to start right away is going to be gone way, way yeah. before. Yeah, Brock Bowers is going to be gone a, way before you pick. The Texas kid Sanders? Yeah, Jatavion yeah. Sanders. Like, is he a day-one starter? Yeah, the people say he's injury-prone. 99% of tight ends are not day-one starters. And then Cade Stover is a popular name I've seen because he played at Ohio State with C.J. Stroud. Like, he's a third, fourth-round great. That's not a day-one starter look in the at, NFL. Besides Laporta, look at the other guys that were supposed to be first-round picks, all of them, and, and were supposed to start right away. The big kid from Georgia didn't start at Pittsburgh. Uh, no, he wasn't very good. The the kid from Oregon State that the Packers took didn't start, and he was way behind in terms of route running and learning the playbook. Dalton Kincaid was really good, though. And yeah, Kincaid was good with the Second half of the season. And the second yeah. half. Of the and season. then the Notre Dame tight end that slipped to the second Michael round. Michael Meyer. Meyer yeah. with the Raiders. He, he, he was not very good. Yeah, he was kind of their second tight end all yeah. year. Uh, five eight nine. So I, I'm comfortable with corner and receiver because I think these drafts are pretty. This draft is heavy in corner and receiver. I don't think the same about tight end. See, that's why I think you you could get the starter D line and corner first two rounds, and then you don't need a, a number one starter wide receiver in the third round. Just a complimentary receiver that replaces one of the guys you're getting rid of to complement Tank and Nico. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN uh, five eight nine five draft uh, D line round one O line round two. Round three, receiver, rest you sign, free agent. Decent corner will be cheaper than a decent D-line, O-line, or receiver. I think there's a couple of defensive line names that could become available available that are cap casualties that I could be somewhat interested in, but it's kind of secondary players. So that's like the case for uh, John Grenard. Well, and also the, the question then becomes, if they're not as good as Rankins was, 
why are you walking away from rankings? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, D'Amico said they need to get better yeah, there. Did. It's weird. Uh, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. That's what the uh, that's what the uh. saying was. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. So we've spent a lot of time talking about John Gernard as a franchise tag candidate. And again, the CBS figure is a little different than other people that have reported. But it lists the defensive end at just over twenty million dollars. We've kicked around John Gernard at twenty million dollars. But a name that we have not mentioned for a franchise tag. Is Kaimi fair? Actually, that could be the case. But I'm talking about Dalton Schultz here. Uh, Dalton Schultz tied in for the Texans. In fact, CBS lists Dalton Schultz as a potential franchise tag player. When we talk about Dalton Schultz, we talk about him like on a $10, $11, 12000000 million deal. The franchise tag at tight end is projected, according to CBS, at just over $12 million. So it's a one-year tag for Dalton Schultz at twelve. Of course, you only get one franchise tag a year. You don't have to use it. What about the idea, instead of going long-term with Schultz, and when I say long-term with Schultz, I mean like three years, mm-hmm. just slapping the tag on Dalton Schultz? I just, I mean, I, I, just, I guess it's only, I get it it's only for one year, but 12 seems so high to me. I think that's what he'll get. I it, think he'll get 12. Now he on did, the open market? I think so. No, are you talking years? over a multiple-year deal yeah, or just one year? Years. I think two, three years. I think he'll get twelve million per two, three Schultz, years. It Schultz does, just it feels does. like a just a guy to me. Like he's a good. I don't disagree. Well, because he's, he's a good tight end, but but he's a good catching pass catching yeah, tight end. He's not. Exactly. A, he's not I, a good blocking I tight end. I think his hands are questionable. <laughs> and, and he had, well, he, yeah, he other, other, other than the one catch in Tennessee, I think that everyone has his overrated. I think twelve too high. I, I, I mean, he was that. he's been offered a, a twelve million per year deal before. We forget that Cowboys offered three and 36. Was it 36? Yeah, I just Googled it. Uh, three for 36, that's $12 million a year, and that was, was two 11. years ago. And even still, I think that's high. And now he did enter free agency last year and didn't come near that. Yeah, so got, like, so, so it'd be that's double because what he got paid last year. He got paid $6 million last year. Now, is it it was, I think it was incentives upwards like eight, nine, okay. something like that. If, is still. it fair to say that if you give him three years at, at, a, at less per because he said that he would make he, he would like to meet in the middle, he said he could find they could find a common ground, he really wants to be here, and not that he's going to give you a big hometown discount, but if you add it an extra year, give him, say, three, but give him an average of eight or nine. Uh, I don't think he does that. You don't? Uh, I think he might do you, ten. You're hitting on what my, my, my cap, where I would cap it, though. I mean, honestly, I, I'd cap digits, it basically like three nine. years and what you would pay Mike Evans for a single year. I wouldn't like give him double years, digits. 22, 23, I'd be fine with that. Anything beyond, see you later. I would go up to nine. I go up to nine for Schultz. I'm not going into double digits. So whenever oh, yeah. I ask the question, do you franchise tag him at 12? I'm out on that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not franchise tagging him at 12. Again, the, I think I looked it up this morning. The, the average on Fant of what he's going to get is like 5.6. If, if you only have to pay 5.6 for Noah Fant, I'll live with that. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that's, that's a, a decent enough replacement. He's young enough that he could give you multiple years. And with a quarterback like CJ, better than he's ever played with, he might really be the kind of tight end that he was supposed to be when he came out of college. I think the fear with that, though, is if you go into free agency without already having that starting tight end, it's the unknown of not being able to get a guy, or all of a sudden the price suddenly goes up. So where does the Brevin Jordan factor of this come into play? Like, is Brevin Jordan enough insurance as a tight end, too, where if the prices get too high on Schultz and free agency, Fanton free agency, Hunter Henry and free agency, where you don't want to pay their, their price, that you're good enough going into next season with maybe a guy that you draft, but Brevin Jordan as your penciled-in number one tight end? Look, I know that everybody was enamored with the one, the, the playoff catch and the speed on the sideline and what he was able to do. I think Brevin Jordan is a good uh, 
member of that tight end room. I don't know that he's ready to start, but at the same time, everybody remembers the good plays of Dalton Schultz, and they love the fact that he's big brother to CJ. But when you start going plus minus, and, and I always go to the whiteboard and say positives, negatives, for as many good catches as he had, he had drops. And he doesn't block. And unless that kind of personal relationship is so big that, that they are afraid to move on, they don't want to ruffle CJ's feathers. And I don't, I don't think that should factor in this soon, but I, I'm sure it will. I, I just don't want to pay him upwards of $10 million a year. I think you start with Brevin Jordan. And the one thing we haven't mentioned with tight ends is there's a possibility of cap casualties with tight ends, too, to where you could find a sure. guy before you get through free agency or the draft. I don't have the fear of going into free agency without a tight end. Like, I'm good enough with Brevin Jordan where the prices get too high on tight end, which I do think is a long shot. I think that you can find an affordable tight end. Mm -hmm. I'm okay enough with Brevin Jordan that I'm not fearful of going to free agency with no one else in that position. You could also trade, right? You could also... Eh, that's not... You don't see that very often, though. But if you go to... Right before you go to camp, if if there's a team that, again, feels like that they've got a veteran that's taking up time from a young guy, maybe they drafted a young guy, or they're paying too much... There are teams that will still – there's still a means. I'm not saying it's I ideal. think it's really, really rare to trade for a starting player right before camp. Like, you don't see that very often. I, I just think that it's not like the door's completely shut if they don't get one in free agency and they don't draft one. I think there's going to be possibilities for them if that's the route that they want to go. Yeah. But at least you have one guy that knows the system that could start for you if you had to. If if you go into – let's say you miss out on free agent tight end and you're going into the draft with Brevin Jordan, you're your tight end one. Is that enough for you? Are you okay? Like, it's not ideal, but it's something that you can live through. It's survivable. I think it might make me right. want to look at tight end earlier in the draft than I was going to before. It's still not first round, but maybe it makes me look at Jatavion Sanders or somebody of that ilk in the second or the third round. I, 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 Quentin Tarantino is still under contract. <laughs> I just think that the one thing that's going to be challenging, but we it's the variable we don't know, which is when you look at what they're going to do in free agency first – then and I hate the fact that free agency comes before the draft. That you look at it and say that's so, so tough for us to predict is the fact that yeah it, it, we don't know what they're going to do in free agencies to how it relates to the draft. And then I don't know if anybody in the draft is capable of coming in and being a day one starter. So now you're 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 hoping for a cap casualty between now and free agency that maybe kind of gives you opens your eyes and says okay maybe we can go this route. And unfortunately, it might send the message earlier than than you might have expected that Schultz is gone. Six nine two seven Mercedes Lewis will always be there as a backup plan. That's got to be Keith. Keith but likes right. This. It's got to be Keith. But Keith, Mercedes Lewis played in the league last year. He's thirty nine though. I know. Uh, believe me, he, uh, he was in Green Bay for except for last year for multiple years. He's <laughs> he's got nothing left in the tank other than pass blocking. But yeah, we, you don't need. He's playing, but very very little. Five nine one two. What about Kyle Pitts for a second or a third? I don't think the Falcons would be interested They're in not trading him for a second or a third. If I can get him for a third, I mean, I wouldn't trade. I, I would absolutely. I would trade a third for him, but there's third no way the sure. Falcons would take that. I Just, don't think so. Justin either. Fields is liking him and Bijan Robinson and um, what's his name? They're they're uh, Drake London. Drake London. Yeah, he's liking all of their twitters today. Well, and you saw he unfollowed the Bears on yeah. the socials. Well, you so, saw who Saquon Barkley's following. A lot of what every Texan that exists. Yep. yep. Is JJ he's following JJ Watt, he's following CJ Stroud, he's following Nico Collins, he's following Tank Dell, and he's following Brevin Jordan. Now Brevin Jordan, you're only That's following you're one. only following Brevin. You're not see like when you're naming off the other guys yeah. on the list, he could just follow them because they're good players like, in the they league. Big Ten you're only following Brevin Jordan if you want to come here. Maybe they were friends in the Big Ten because Saquon I was, was in Michigan. Did they play Penn State? 
grow up together or play together at you some never, point? You never know. They probably they know each other. <laughs> so, but to follow all of those Texans, and I could think it's recent, and then J.J. Watt on top of it, yeah. that means Saquon's coming and J.J. Well, Watt's it, coming it means, out of retirement. It means Saquon would love Book to it. play here. Yeah, Book it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he would. A Shanahan-style offense? I'm sure he would. So, uh, I heard Lance say that he's not like a great fit. He's kind of a dancer in the backfield, which doesn't fit. He does. Seven one five one Hunter Henry uh, for cheaper. Sign Gabe Davis, a receiver, and Derrick Henry at running back. I'm a fan of that. I would I love, love that, that offseason. Gabe Davis has already basically said goodbye to Buffalo, so he's out there. Yeah. Four four zero three. I love how people want certain positions each round. You take BPA at position of need, which is every position minus quarterback. Completely agree. Completely agree. All right. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRNP listener line. Alex Bregman, is he as good as gone? And there's a couple of things that I've noticed about Bregman at the start of camp that I'm not too comfortable with. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, now is such a great time to have a MyBookie account. I'm always telling you about getting a MyBookie account and all the benefits that you get once you get on board with MyBookie and using our promo code BET975. But now, because of the fact that you've got NBA and college hoops, you've got golf back on the slate again and soccer and all the different sporting events, hockey, it's just an awesome time that when you're watching the tube and you're looking for something to do, you can put some money down on a game that comes on and you can make it more interesting. It's just that simple. And my bookie's more than a sports book. Real life Vegas experiences are happening all the time from the comfort of your home because they have live dealers standing by poker, blackjack, roulette, you name it. They got it and they are going to get you the casino experience, but you don't have to leave the house and go to Lake Charles or Vegas to get it done. All you got to do, mybookie.ag, click on bonuses. See all the great ways to turn your deposit into bonus cash. Whether you're new to MyBookie or you're reloading as an existing customer, or you can even refer a friend. Any way that you can get bonus cash is explained there, and you can use the promo code BET975 to get them. All you got to do to start today, go to mybookie.ag. Always use our promo code BET975. Do what I always tell you to do. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. With the only place I tell you to do it, go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code BET975. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. That's how I feel about uh, Alex Bregman in 2024. I'm worried about a couple of things. That's an excited one. Well, you didn't hear the end. No. I'm so excited. You didn't, you didn't ever watch that by the bell? No. Where Jessica was popping caffeine pills. Screech was, caffeine pills, man. I think Screech caffeine is pills. one of the Wisconsinites that people would like to disown. Yeah, he's I mean, had he some things peace. come he's up. No longer with us. Speak, speak well, well of those you, who are no longer will, with us. People are not going to ever speak well of Screeches and his association. What did he do? Did he like? He had some things porn, come up post drugs, yeah. assault. Yeah. Did he do bad things with milk? No. With cheese, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, uh, that's how I feel about Bregman in 2024. A couple, there's two things I don't love what I've seen from Bregman. Um, he, he met with the media a couple days ago. We'll play some Bregman sound here in a second, but he um. He said he's 23 pounds heavier than what he reported last spring training when he checked in, which he looks beefier. Mm-hmm. Remember he did this a couple of years ago and then couldn't stay healthy? Yeah. Couldn't stay healthy. It was like hamstring, quad. Some people's frame 
And, and I go back to... He's got a skinny man's frame. I was going to say, I go back to the stories of my buddies that worked for the Oilers back in the day when Lamar Lathan was playing linebacker, and they said he had his... Literally, his skeleton and his frame was not meant to have that much muscle. Mm-mm. And when you when you pack on that much muscle that quickly, your body breaks down. Yeah, I don't like that I don't like that he's 23 pounds heavier. And I I'm, I'm being sincere. Like I'm being serious. He he did this 2 years ago or 3 years ago whenever it was and the dude couldn't stay healthy. Could not stay healthy. So I don't like that Alex Bregman has added weight. I'm not a fan of that. I will be monitoring that very very closely. And then secondly, he did this last year and I just kind of bit my tongue. I didn't say anything. I hate his swing right now. I, I don't saw know you if breaking you, down the top he, hand the other day. And then I started to – I talked about it on, on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then somebody slid into my DMs and like, hey, there's this other guy that's a hitting coach that has the same exact opinion that you do. He actually coached Aaron Judge. And he's talking about like his, where he's, you know, his core's at and where he's locking his body. The thing that I don't like, though, is his hands are way out in front of his body, and he's literally keeping his right palm up, yeah. which, I mean, it looks like he's trying to keep his barrel through the plane longer, but I feel like you're losing all power. I relate it to hitting a fade in golf. And if you're hitting a fade in golf, like you're losing 10 yards because you're just not flipping over the wrist. You're not getting that, that, that power. You're not getting the club head speed. I don't know where he's going to get power if he continues to hit fades with the baseball bat. Well, the other thing that I don't like is I think he's, he's pushing the pedal down way too far too fast on trying to make sure that this is his big season, breakout season when he's betting on himself. The fact that you you just mentioned the combination, but if you're going with a combo platter of adding 20-plus pounds of, of weight and then still tinkering with your swing, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. In a lot of ways, look, his his knowledge of the strike zone and his ability to lay off pitches is one of the biggest strengths he has. Yeah. And the fact that you know this field is very much tailor-made for him, but even if he doesn't have massive pop, playing the power alleys and playing his game, he should be just fine. But when you start trying to do all of this in this like mad off season to get ready for the bet on me season, it is kind of scary. Those are the two things that I'm going to be keeping a close eye with Bregman. And like I noticed this August last year, and he had a good August. He had like 959 OPS. I would take that. But his homers actually slipped. Mm-hmm. He went down in homers. He hit four in August, and then September October to finish the regular season, three homers, and his OPS went down to 751. So it's like I don't know if I like this I mean, new swing, hits, Bregman. If he hits 25 home runs like he did last year, though, oh, we. It's fine. That's yeah, fine. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not yeah. complaining about that. No. If it's under 20, then I think I'm on to something. If it's over 20, I think what I'm saying right now is moot. And, and Even the, 20. I'll put the number 20. The thing that to me with the weight, too, is does it affect him defensively at all, too? Because, yeah. Because range is going to be one thing. And then, you know, it, depending on how bulky he is in his upper body, I mean, you're still going to be diving and doing a lot of things. And you got to get up and, and throw. And if you're bulked up, that that a lot of that could have a lot of negative effects on the Some defensive side. Some of that weight, side. though, will will shed over the course of actually playing games and being in a, in, in competition again. I, I would have expect you seen him the to keep, that they get after games. 20, <laughs> I would expect him to keep twenty three pounds over the course of the he, season. He did say that he loses weight during the year, um, so that's something that that comes into play. Like he said, he's going to try to like keep it on this year, but he he looks stronger yeah. like he does yeah. look a little wider uh you can get away with the size i think a little bit at third base as opposed to like middle infield like you don't have to mm-hmm. be as rangy right uh, but his defense is a big part of his game i'm concerned about the injury because uh, he did this a couple years ago when he got hurt and then if he loses power then i think i'm onto something but if he if he's over if he's 20 or more than than what i'm saying is i'm just an idiot that talks behind a microphone now y'all brought up the contract situation and here was bregman talking about no, the contract the affirmation contract or the lock the lack of that contract you know as when it comes to the contract i I just let scott do that that's why that's why i have an attorney uh 
working for me, you know, just like all these guys have agents and, and attorneys. So let them, let them handle that. And, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Has, has the team made an offer? Oh, uh, no, not yet. There you go. No, no offer yet for Alex Bregman. I don't think one's coming either. He gone. He gone. Yeah. And that, that's where I wanted to go with this segment. Like, when you look at the Astros' actions and what they've said, nothing about it suggests that they have any intention in paying the money that it would take to bring Alex Bregman back. What was the quote from Dana Brown a week ago that we'll make, quote, some type of offer? Yeah. That's not serious language. No. It's not serious. You're not serious if you're not. If, if Here we are, spring training. I mean, they've already reported you haven't made a single offer yet. You're clearly not serious about trying to keep Alex Bregman, which is fine. We've I, seen I'm this- not mad about it, but they're not trying to bring him back. No, we've seen this play out before. We are. We've, this is a rerun for all the, the guys that they that have come before him, like Correa, like the guys that in Springer, like that they're going to make an offer at some time at some point to cover their ass. They're going to be able to say, "Hey, we gave him our best offer. We went to try and get him. He thought he could get more in free agency. We we appreciate Alex Bregman and all the time he's had for the Astros. I think that's exactly why they do what they do. They're going to put all their eggs in the basket of this season, try to win one more with him." And at the end of the year, they're going to do what they've done with the multiple players before him and say, we gave it a shot. It wasn't in the cards, but he'll always be an Astro at heart. I think they'll, I think they'll give him an offer, but it will be a Carlos Correa offer where it's like, okay, that's not, I'm going to use that offer to blow my nose. Like that's the type of offer it's going to be. It's not going to be worth the paper it would cost to, to print on it. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like I, I, nothing that Alex Bregman, like, we need to know the figure. Like the terms always matter, but like well, okay. people so saying three hundred for ten is flat out stupid. His market value, the, at least the estimation, sport rack. Yeah, his sport sport rack is uh, nine years, two hundred eighty one million. No chance. There's That's no chance. Thirty answers. million. It's, you know, and and again, I knew he was chasing Machado type money, but even that, there's no way they're going either side. They're not going nine years. They're not going mm-hmm. two hundred eighty plus million. None of it makes sense, and the only thing I can say is good luck if you can get it from somebody else because there's always a fool in the room that's going to overpay. Just yeah, takes one. And, and all it does is take one, but I'm glad it won't be the Astros because I will not fault them at all if they balk at, at, at an offer like that and he goes somewhere else. Sure, it's going to suck to lose him because I like what he's brought to this team over the years, but there's no way he's worth that here, and I don't think anywhere else. And if it, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make dollars. I mean, the shame of it is he was worth it. <laughs> I, got, I intentionally got it wrong. <laughs> intentionally got it wrong. Like, if you look at his 2018-2019 numbers, the shame of it is he was worth it at that time. But the problem is... Yeah, since, but we haven't seen that since. Right, he's been far too inconsistent since then. He has a hot first half, and yeah. he trails off. He has a slow first half, picks up in the second half. His swing looks broken. I know, you're going back to the swing, but... You, you Not only that, Jeremy, but think about how many times. He was a master of the strike zone, and, and he's basically... He's still that. He is still I was, that. I would still say, yeah. Yeah, he's still but that. But he tinkered... Way more than he ever has with his actual stance and swing sure. last year. He's a, he's a he's definitely a tinkerer. He's yep. always he's always tinkering. But he's still elite in plate discipline and, I agree. and contact. His strikes on his yeah, That's, he's one of the best. That and his defense are, are eh. Yeah, I would I would say his defense is elite. I, the I only reason why there. his defense I mean, wouldn't be elite is his throwing arm because yeah. it's not a rifle and mm-hmm. a cannon. But other than that, he he picks just about everything. The reason that I hesitated, like his defense isn't as elite as his plate discipline and his and his ability to make contact with the baseball. He is elite in those traits. His defense is really really good, borderline elite. It's not as good as his plate discipline. And, and I think that he might not hit traditional third baseman hit for a lot can hit for a lot more power sometimes. But I think he more than makes up with it because of the state, the, the the plate discipline and the fact that he's clutch. The the big moments never too big for him, and, and he 
he seem, seemingly doesn't hit for great average all the time, yeah. but he seems to get the big hit when you need it, and he's a, he's a better-than-average hitter. The um, Manny Machado totally screwed up the third-base market, I think, because I don't think Manny Machado is worth what he got. Um, but I'm really curious to see what Matt Chapman See, does. I was going to say, you and I, and the more you brought it up after we had talked about it, I don't think he's going to get as much as you think he's going to get. I think that he's going to be one of those guys kind of left holding the bag. Yeah, sure. I think but his I think, power dropped off too much last year but to I really that, give him that contract. I think that Bregman and Chapman are more – like I think Bregman's contract's going to be closer to Chapman's contract than Bregman's contract to Machado's contract. I think, yeah, I think, I think both Chapman and Bregman have grandiose expectations and they're going to be disappointed. I think they're going to they're going to get far less than anything Machado got. Uh, he's a Boris guy, so he already wants too much. Plus, he's hot like one month out of the year for several seasons. Uh, Altuve's a Boris guy, too, though. Like, the attorney, as Bregman mentioned Boris as, is going to do what the client wants. I mean, Altuve signed for less than market value. Uh, Corey, when Bregman leaves, who will y'all miss the most out of the Astro players that have left? Um, Ooh, boy. Martin Maldonado. That's easy. Uh, no, I would, no, I would no, say, no. Come on. You miss mound visits. I would, no, I would actually say Garrett Cole. Oh, well, yeah. I would sure, say Garrett Cole because sure. he's the best player that has left. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's it's, no doubt about that. Just from that that standpoint alone, I, I might say as much as I, I think they made the right call in a lot of the guy, in the other guys that they've walked away from. And I think the one that got away to me is Charlie Morton. Yeah. I think Charlie Morton was more than he didn't reasonably break the priced. Bank either. Right. Yeah, he was more than reasonably priced, and he hasn't really fallen off all that much. Charlie Morton would have been a guy that still would have been a staple here. Yeah, from the salary, that's a good call. Michael Schwab, the czar of uh, Astros Twitter, he tweets at us at least a qualifying, a qualifying offer for Bregman to get that compensation pick. That's a good call. Like They're not going to let him leave without getting that right, qualifying right. offer, but Bregman won't take that qualifying offer. But you get the comp pick, which is good to rebuild the minor league system. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, the HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Speaking of infielders, I- I'm sick and tired of a certain notion when it comes to Jeremy. Pena. Tell you what it is next. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. First a moment on HRP, Human Resources and Payroll. It's Cougar owned by Mike Holly. Go Cougs. He used to protect Heisman Trophy winners. Now he wants to protect you. Uh, HRP members of the Cougar 100 for the eighth year in a row, almost a decade now. You've seen the HRP signage of U of H games. You've seen their beautiful building off the Beltway with that U of H flag hanging outside of it. But business owners, let HRP help you. That's what it ultimately comes down to. Whether it's HR compliance, benefits administration, payroll, onboarding. HRP can help in any of those areas. They can help in all of those areas. They can help in one of those areas. Anywhere in between, too. Whatever you need. Because there's no boxes with HRP. It doesn't matter how small the job, how big the job. HRP completely customizes a plan for whatever you need, whatever your business needs. If you have a problem, you have an issue, big problem, little problem, whatever. You just want to take a little off your plate, you want to take a lot off your plate. HRP will work with you to customize a plan for what you need. Nothing cookie cutter. You're not choosing off a menu. You're going to work with them to figure out the best plan to go forward. And they do it in a way that's unique, too. Technology meets service. They have the best technology. You won't have to worry about that. You'll love that. It's fantastic. But their service is what you'll really fall in love with. Guaranteed fulfillment. You'll never talk to a stranger. You'll always be talking to someone who knows you and they know your business needs. Give them a call right now, 281-880-6525, and let HRP customize a plan for you, 281-880-6525, or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net.